Would you open God's precious holy word to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The summary of Jehoshaphat's reign. We've talked about Jehoshaphat for a while here in this study. And it's because overall he, he was good. It's kind of rare for that, for that time frame. His father, his, his father Asa was, was a good king as well. Uh, so we're going to be starting in uh, verse 31 of 2 Chronicles 20. That's where we left off. This is the summary of the reign of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. So Jehoshaphat was the son of David. He was 35 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shili. And he, went, and he went in the way of his father Asa and did not turn away from it to do what was right in the eyes of Yahweh. But the high places were not removed, and the people had not yet set their hearts to Elohim of their forefathers. We'll stop right there for just a second. It, it, it reveals to us how deep-seated the craving of the hearts of those in the southern kingdom, how, how deep-seated the sin was, the sin to idolatry. The pleasures that uh, the so-called worship of idols provided for people who engaged uh, that kind of worship. Really, the behavior, even though in those days it would have centered around um, a statue or, or something like that, a graven image, something carved into rock or wood, the, the tendency of the human heart toward that kind of behavior uh, still exists. I mean, we don't, we don't call it false worship anymore, although uh, like in those days, this, uh, this, this behavior that besets uh, society uh, occurs, we, we, it, it still is the same, it's still the same kind of thing. And it becomes deeply rooted. Now these are the people who carry the promise of the Christ, the southern, the southern kingdom of Judah. They are God's people. He intervenes for them. He provides graciously for them. He, when needed, he fills the heart of their king at any particular time. And makes him a lion so that he can uh, defend the people of Judah, uh, the southern kingdom. Now, when we think of the northern kingdom of Israel, we think how in an unbroken fashion, every king did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh. There were no good kings. The leadership and the people who broke away from uh, the influence of the temple and the God-given worship of Yahweh as it was given in the law in those days, 
they tried to imitate that in some kind of way, but they had to, they had to add man-made things to it. It never worked, and it created spiritual darkness that fell more and more deeply across the northern kingdom until finally they were totally dispersed such that the general reference has been through the years, the ten lost tribes, those of the northern kingdom. Here, however, the people had the temple. They, the, Jerusalem was the capital of Judah. The son of David was the king. There was no doubt, there was no conspiracy in the southern kingdom, when a king died, there wasn't some sort of infighting or conspiracy like there was in the northern kingdom. So it was fairly solid and stable, more so in the southern kingdom uh, than in the northern kingdom. And yet still, notice how deeply rooted the religion, the false religion, especially the worship of Baal, uh, was the high places were not removed as good as Jehoshaphat was and there, we, we're not going to go back and review all those things but you remember there were large portions of scripture describing all of the good things that he had done for the people and how he had done for the sake of Yahweh as well verse 34 and the rest of the affairs of Jehoshaphat the first ones and the last ones behold they are written in the words of Jehu the son of Hanani which was inserted in the book of the kings of Israel. Overall, it was a pretty good time in the history. So history just marches on. I, we, read, we read these sections, these historical, seemingly historical sections of the Old Testament, and yet they have rich stories uh, for us. The story of grace, the truth of grace is never lost in, in the sections of life that God has deemed proper to be preserved as his word. But overall, also, when we see kings and kingdoms, we have to think, again, of the underlying promise of the whole thing, which is the final kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, toward which humanity... Uh, is moving irrevocably. There's nothing that can stop uh, the movement of the human race to the great kingdom. And then finally, at the last of it, Paul writes to the Corinthians, and then at last, uh, Jesus, the king of kings, will deliver up the kingdom to the Father. Then, of course, that's where the new heaven and the new earth uh, come in. Well, we, we see this march through, and these, these little snippets of history are given with regard to God's relationship with his people and their relationship to him. Of course, their relationship to God wouldn't exist unless God had established it. You, it's impossible for a person, personally, to establish a relationship with God. He has to come to you because otherwise we're just unsaved. We're lost. We're in darkness. We, we, we can't see. We don't know. So God, God comes to us. That's what he does here. And then he strengthens them and blesses them in certain ways, especially through the hand of kings like Jehoshaphat. And some of these kings are stronger and better 
than others in the southern kingdom. But like all of the others, his days have come to an end. Now, this is how 1 Kings 22 writes about the same thing. Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, reigned over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, the king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years of age when he became king, reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shuhi. He went in all the ways of his father. Asa did not veer from those ways, doing what was proper in the eyes of Yahweh. So this, again, reiterates in Kings what was told to us in Chronicles about the, 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 the spiritual strength and faith of, of Jehoshaphat. However, the high places of worship he did not remove. The people were still sacrificing and offering in the high places. Now this, this continues to present a problem. It's, it's, it's a little leaven that's left and it will, it will leaven the whole lump. It'll spread through the whole, through the whole thing. It, for some reason, he did not remove the high places. For all of the good that he had done, he did not remove the high places. As I said a while ago from Chronicles, the, the spiritual um, wickedness of, of certain of the population deeply rooted. It's difficult for us to understand the, the lure of this, uh, of this false way uh, when, we, when we think of, of uh, how they would worship silly things. But you have to understand, and I've said it many times, described it many times, but we need to reflect still upon how, how licentious and lustful and perverted this worship was in the name of a false god. It was very sensual, and it was, it was something that just drew the baser part of mankind to it. And this is, of course, uh, this, was, this was deemed as a worship it was something that was so deeply rooted, it finally even brings down the southern kingdom at a later time. Uh, this, this sin of idolatry and what it does to the hearts and lives of, uh, of people. Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel. The rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, his heroic deeds that he performed, and the wars he fought are written in the chronicles of the kings of Judah. The remainder of the prostitutes that remained from the days of Asa, his father, he purged from the land. Now, those were the temple prostitutes. The high places, the places of worship still remained. The activity, the lewd activity of the worship was still there. But uh, the, the trove of, of temple prostitutes uh, was was purged from the land. These were both male and female prostitutes um, who were available for anybody, for anything uh, in the name, in this case, in the name of Baal, uh, the, Canaanite, uh, the Canaanite God. So it's, it's noted here by the Holy Spirit that he did purge those uh, from the land. Now, 
There was no king in Edom. A governor was king. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but he did not go since the ships were broken at Ezion Geber. Then Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat did not want, did not want to do that. So, again, one of the worst uh, traits of uh, Jehoshaphat was his willingness to make friends, alliances, and then, and in this case, uh, commercial alliance with the northern king of the northern kingdom. They were always evil. As as difficult as it was to remove the high places, even from Judah. And to, 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 to reach all of the hearts of Judah for Yahweh, as difficult as that was, it, it was seemingly nigh to impossible in the northern kingdom. They were just steeped in idolatry and uh, false worship. We looked last time or time before how it just wasn't necessary. Jehoshaphat, God had so blessed Jehoshaphat that he, he had all of this. He was very prosperous. Uh, he built up a, a, a treasury of, of gold and he built cities which were treasure cities. He enlarged the military. They were at peace. They were prosperous. The people were seemingly happy because of the prosperity that came uh, due to the blessing of Yahweh through the king Jehoshaphat. And still he, he continues to want to uh, form some kind of friendship or keep a friendship with these northern kings, even in, and a prophet has already prophesied one, uh, before about this uh, and uh, how it was uh, how it was an evil thing for Jehoshaphat and he shouldn't be involved with that. So anyway, he gets into this enterprise of building this convoy to enlarge the uh, commercial trade. And the northern king, the king, the, the king of the northern kingdom is sort of wanting to ride his, his coattails in this kind of thing. The economic power was in the hands of Jehoshaphat. It was his military really that could protect the movement of, uh, of goods from one place to another. And so he has, this, uh, he has this enterprise underway that he's going to build ships and they're going to take this, they're going to do trade and take their riches and try to make more money with other Gentile nations, most specifically to Tarshish. Afterwards, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, joined Ahaziah, the king of Israel, who dealt wickedly. So we're reminded here, this guy's not a good guy. Jehoshaphat ought not to be fooling around with him, but he is. And he joined himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish. And they made ships in Azia and Geber, and Eliezer, the son of uh, Dadava of Meresha, prophesied about Jehoshaphat, saying, when, uh, here's, here's another uh, prophecy. When you joined Ahaziah, Yahweh breached your work, and the ships were broken and could not go to Tarshish. Yahweh was displeased. Yahweh would not permit this alliance to stand. And therefore, by the hand of Yahweh, uh, through whatever bad seas or whatever, the, the ships were broken and uh, the, the, 
the commercial enterprise to do trade with Tarshish was, was put down. Then there's Ahaziah. Jehoshaphat lay with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead. Ahaziah, now he's the king in the north, the northern kingdom. The son of Ahab reigned over Israel in Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he ruled over Israel for two years. That wasn't very long. It was such an evil thing, it was very difficult to maintain power in that northern kingdom. So he did that which was bad or evil in the eyes of Yahweh. He went in the path of his father, the path of his mother. We remember Jezebel and Ahab, right? So it was, it was more of the same thing, Baal worship. And in the path of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had caused Israel to sin. Every time you see that the Jeroboam, that the Jeroboam the first, he, he's later called because there's another Jeroboam that'll come to the throne. You'll always see that phrase, he, he, is, he, he caused Israel to sin. Now, he was the first one who started this whole thing as their first king. And he did not uh, set proper boundaries, and he was not a dedicated worshiper of Yahweh. Now, these, these are descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and God has a covenant with these people. All of the tribes has a covenant with all of these people. They, they have the blessing of God in so many ways. God gave them the best of the land in the world, uh, the promised land. And sin brought, back, brought about the, the breakup of the kingdom of Israel. David reigned over Israel. His son Solomon reigned over Israel, but Solomon sinned by taking in so many wives, and they were, they were wives of other cultures and other religions, and it was against the law of Moses. He breached the law of God when he did that, and they uh, led Solomon into the worship of false gods, and so the judgment of God said, I won't do it while you live for the sake of David your father, but when you die, I'm going to split the kingdom in half. And that's what happened. Confusion sets in, weak leadership. Solomon's son, Rehoboam, was not a good leader. He was not strong. He could not handle the, uh, uh, the difference that he had with Jeroboam. Jeroboam was a very strong rebel. Uh, and he was able to lead the division of the northern kingdom. And he, he, he was the leader of the people when they split. And there was, you may recall when we studied, there was this attempt uh, to make a religion that was like 80% Yahweh worship and 20% Baal worship or whatever. They, they, they mixed the religion. Of course, that never works. Uh, and that's all the devil needs, really. And so that mixture of worship caused the people to fall further and further into darkness. And so that's why it always says Jeroboam is the guy who started this whole thing as their first king. He worshiped the Baal. He bowed to him and he provoked Yahweh, the God of Israel, to anger like all that his father had done. So the son of Ahab uh, 
was also a worshiper of Baal. And of course, he was raised by his mother, Jezebel, who was a priestess to Baal. As a matter of fact, Baal's name is, in, is mixed in with her name, Jezebel. So he led the worship just like his father had done. Now, that, that particular verse there and that, that account uh, is the end of 1 Kings. So we'll stop there and we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time.